If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand and turn with us in the Scripture. Let your eyes rest on these verses. Show respect for the Word of the Lord. And we're going to John 14. John 14. For some weeks now, we've been on this uh, series we're calling Seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. And our text here is in John 14 and 21. John 14, 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest Myself to him. Oh, that's music to my ears that he said he had manifest himself to me. Who's he going to manifest himself to? To those that love him and keep his commandments. Not just to the people that holler they love him the loudest or say it the most often, but to the ones that actually do what he said. And I know I've, in times past, I've pled with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I want to see you. Oh, Lord, I want to know you. You know, show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. But that's really ignoring what he said. He didn't say he'd reveal himself to the ones that beg the loudest and the longest, that pray the hardest. A lot of people are trying to substitute that for what he said. Now, he's already told you he'd reveal himself to you if you'd do this. Right? Not beg, not holler, not cry. But what? Do what he said. Do what he said. And what did he say? Put it up in the Amplified. If you would keep his commandments, if you do what he said, he said, I will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Are you interested in that? Then what should you get on immediately? Loving him and keeping his commands. Doing what he said. Hallelujah. So we begin a study. We've gone through the book of John. We're up now almost to our text here. Uh, taking, Looking at the words of Jesus. Because we know we don't have to be concerned about him doing his part. Just as surely as we keep his commandments, he will reveal himself to us. So we don't need to be thinking about that part. We need to be working on keeping his commandments. Do we know them? Do we understand them? Are we doing them? So we've been going through chapter by chapter, and we've gotten now to the 13th chapter. Just back up a page or whatever it is in your Bible to the 13th chapter. And we studied last week, and we saw that uh, Jesus, actually let's read here in the first verse. Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And we see him lay aside his garments and take water and and wash their feet and demonstrate to them his care for them. And we see his love. How many know he loves you just as much as he loves them? Are you his disciple as well? Then he loves you just the same. And uh, we see 
he knows the hours come and he's ready and committed to laying his life down and committing everything and giving everything because of love. Love for the Father and love for us. And in this same chapter, what a contrast, we see the betrayal of Judas and how that he receives an act of love from Jesus in him giving him food virtually to his mouth and all the while he's smiling and receiving it and planning to help kill him behind his back. Sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And we purposed last week, by the grace of God, not to ever do that. How many agree with that and say, oh Lord, by your grace, help me never, never to be a traitor and do that kind of a backstabber and be that kind of person, do that kind of thing. But I want you to notice, picking up where we left off, down about verse 34 here, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. He said if we'd keep his commandments, he'd manifest himself to us. Is this his commandment? It doesn't get any more important than this right here. I mean, if we miss this. The series has been in vain. Look at the 15th chapter. He says it again. In the 15th chapter. And down about verse uh, 9. 15.9. He says. As the Father has loved me. So have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments. You shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. Now, this is another way of saying our text. He's describing to us. How many understand, if you are abiding, living, dwelling in His love, this is talking about His manifested love, then you are experiencing Him. You are seeing Him. He's being made real and clear and known to you. Because He is love. Keep reading. He said, These things, verse 11, have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now this is, you know, He said this when He washed their feet. He said, if I, your master, have washed your feet, you ought to do this to one another. Or we could say, do this kind of thing to one another. And he said, happy are ye if you do this. If you know it and you do it, you'll be happy. Now, friend, this is, this, the enemy has uh, twisted and perverted even talking about love amongst many Christians' minds. And when they think about love, they think about sacrifice and sadness. They think about, well, I'll just have to lay my life down for them. I'll just, I'll give it up. I'll have to endure 
And it'll be hard, but I'll do it for Jesus. You hadn't got it. You hadn't got it. How many know 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter, describes the love of God? And you will not find any depression in there. Or sadness. And how many know it starts out with saying that you can give everything you've got and do it without love. That you can even sacrifice your own life and do it without love and it value you nothing at all. Be totally vain. How can that be? How could a person give every dime they've got and it not really be in true love? Give up their own body and life and it not be. Here's the way you can tell whether it was real love and real faith or not. When you do it in real love, you do it willingly and gladly. When you're all depressed over doing it and sad over doing it, you're focusing on yourself. You're thinking you're doing it because you're so spiritual. Did you hear me? You're not even thinking about them. So it's not real God kind of love. You can do all kind of things and make all kind of sacrifices and it mean absolutely nothing in the eyes of the Lord. Oh friend, did you hear those last few words? How do you know when it's real love of God? Why is he telling them, I'm giving you this commandment to love one another. He said, I'm telling you these things so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. And the Lord said, even when you're doing things like washing one another's feet, if you do this right, he said, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. Selfishness is the reason why so many people, even Christian people, are so miserable. I don't care if you're a multi-billionaire, if all you do is think about yourself and doing stuff for yourself and getting what you want and thinking about what you want. You can have everything and nine houses full of stuff and stuff coming out your ears and be bored out of your mind and miserable. Why? Because God didn't set it up that way. Self-satiation can never satisfy you, make you happy. The only thing that can make you happy and give you joy is when God is blessing people through you. Helping somebody through you. That's the only thing that can truly satisfy you down on the inside. How many remember Jesus at the well uh, when they came to him and they said, Here, Master, he said, I got food to eat you don't know about. And they said, what's he talking about? He'd just been ministering to this woman. She's been all bound up with all kind of insecurities and condemnation. And now she's going back evangelizing her whole town. I mean, he said, I got food to eat. Why? My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. How many know it satisfies you down deep inside when God uses you to bless somebody? Help somebody get delivered. Get saved. Get back to God. Get full of the Spirit. Get their needs met. Get them healed. That's the love of God manifesting through you. And that is the only thing that will give you true joy and make your joy full. You want to be happy? Get out your chair and quit thinking about yourself. Come on now and get to blessing somebody else. And your life will begin to take on real meaning. 
you'll begin to experience real joy. It's the truth. The more you give, the more you bless, the more joy you'll have. He said in 15 and 11, These things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Skip down to verse 17. He said it again. This is three times in just a few verses here. These things I command you. Now, we'd probably, for the word command today, we might use the word order. I order you. What? That you love one another. Go with me to 1 John 3, please. 1 John, the third chapter. Now, up until this point in the book of John, if you notice, the emphasis has been on believing in Jesus. And now you see Jesus is just about to go. And now the emphasis is placed on love. And there's a number of reasons why this happened this way. Look in 1 John 3. 1 John 3. And he said, verse 22. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because. Because why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Next verse. And this is his commandment. Now, this, we should really be interested in this. Because what is our text? How do you know who loves him? Those who keep his commandments. Who's going to have Jesus manifested and made real to them? The ones that love him and keep his commandments. Well, here it is. Here's the New Testament summation of his commandments. This is his commandment. What? That we believe On the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Now, friend, this should be paramount in our thinking. Somebody says, well, what about keeping the commandments? What about the Ten Commandments? No, Romans 13 says that love works no ill to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. If I'm walking in love towards you with the God kind of love, you don't have to tell me, don't lie to him, don't steal from him, don't murder him, don't commit adultery with his spouse, because I'd have to ignore you and be selfish to do those things. If I'm walking in love towards you, I'm automatically going to keep all of that. The love is the fulfilling of the law. And so these two things... Uh, sum up, I mean, if we just focus on these two things, we will qualify. We will, we will be doing our part for the Lord to reveal Himself to us. All these chapters in John up till now have been emphasizing believing on Him. Can you see that? Believing on Him. Believe, I mean, over and over and over. Believing on Him. And now we're seeing what? Here's the new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you. Friend. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if it's a Tuesday morning. Or a Sunday afternoon. I don't care if things are going pretty good. Or if things are rough. Here's the solution. Believe God. And walk in love. 
I don't care if it's something you've dealt with a thousand times before or something you've never seen in your life. Let me tell you how to deal with it. Believe God and walk in love. I don't care if you're feeling pretty peaceful or if your mind is bouncing off the walls with you. How do you deal with it? Believe God and walk in love. What if they'd done something terrible that you never imagined they would do to you? What do you do now? You believe God and you walk in love. What if you've messed up worse than you've ever messed up in your life? And you just feel terrible and lousy. And what in the world are you going to do with yourself? How do you deal with that? Tell me how. How? You believe God and you walk in love. That includes loving yourself. Walk in love. Believe God. Help me out. Tell me one more time. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And if you don't know what to do, what do you do then? You believe God and you walk in love. 20 years from now, the Lord tarries is coming. How will you deal with stuff then? Believe God and walk in love. How many know, though, that that is a full-time occupation? (laughs) That every day of your life, you will have opportunities and you will be tempted to fear and doubt. Anybody found this out yet? Every day, things will come up and you won't know how this is going to work. You won't know where this is going to come from. You won't know what to do this or how to do this. And you can be tempted. You will be tempted to be afraid, to doubt. But how many know you don't have to yield to that temptation? Even though you've got thoughts of fear bouncing around your mind, you see all these things out here. How many know you can resist that and say, no, I'm going to believe God. God's come through for me again and again and again, and I'm not going to doubt him now. I'm not Like we are talking earlier in the offering, I'm not going to start talking unbelief and fear. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to talk faith. It's your choice. Which one are you going to yield to? And how many know the same thing is true with love? Love is not a feeling. The love of God can and will produce feelings, but love is not a feeling. And in the absence of feelings or with bad and wrong feelings doesn't mean you can't walk in love. In fact, you're walking in love the strongest when you've got bad feelings, but you're not yielding to them. Every day you have opportunities. You know, people, even saved people, do stupid and mean stuff. Just look straight ahead. I'm talking about tongue-talking, Bible-toting, DVD-CD-playing folks that have done wonderful things in the past and been used of God and anointed in amazing ways can get up tomorrow and act like a heathen for two hours. Including you. Did you know that? Anytime you choose to, you can yield to the flesh. But by the same token, anytime you choose to, you can yield to the Spirit. You can yield to faith. You can yield to love. The choice is yours. Now look in Romans, please, the the fifth chapter. Romans chapter 5. What is His commandment? Believe. On the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And what? Love one another as He has loved us. In Romans, the fifth chapter, this shows us how this is possible. 
while you're turning there and finding that, put up John 13, 34 again on the screen. You don't have to turn there. You hold your place in Romans. But John 13, 34, let's examine this again closely, the commandment. What is the new commandment? First of all, a new commandment. I give to you, what is it? That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Love a specific group. That group is one another. Love one another in a specific way. How? The Amplified says just as. Many translations say even at just like I have loved you. You are to love each other. Now why is this a new commandment? Because even from the old covenant. They were commanded. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is a new commandment because he didn't say love your neighbor. He said love one another. He didn't say love them as you love yourself. He said love them as I have loved you. That's what makes it a new commandment. Are y'all with me now? They were not born again. Under the old covenant. And what we're about to read about in Romans here. Had not happened to them. So they did not have the ability. To keep the new commandment. Romans 5. Are you there? Romans 5 and 5. It says. And hope. That's this confident expectation. Makes not ashamed. Why? Because. The love of God. Is shed abroad. In our hearts, by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. I want you to say that out loud. The love of God God is shed abroad abroad in my heart heart by the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Say it again. The love of God God is shed abroad abroad in my heart heart by the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now see, they couldn't say that under the old covenant. I mean, Jesus had not yet been glorified, and the Spirit had not yet been given, and they could not be born again, and they didn't have the love of God shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Ghost. So the best they could do was love whoever they happened to be around, their nearby, their neighbor, as themselves. But how many know that in the new covenant now, there's a new command? We're new creatures. Hallelujah. And we have a new ability. That nobody's had before that. He tells us love one another even as I have loved you. And when you really begin to realize how he has and does love us. It seems amazing. It seems beyond human ability to duplicate. And it is. But it's not beyond born again child of God. Ability when you've had the love of God put in you. He not only gave you the new command. He made you a new creature. And he gave you a new spirit. Hallelujah. And he put his own love inside you. To keep the new command with. So now it's gloriously possible. To love one another. Just like he has loved us. 
Because we got the very love He loved us with inside us. Say it again. The love of God. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now we need to differentiate this. What group is the new commandment specifically applicable to? One another. Did you know that's different from a group the Bible refers to as them that are without? Them that are without, that's a different group. In uh, 1 Corinthians 5, let me just touch on this briefly. 1 Corinthians 5, 12, he says, What do I have to do to judge them that are without? Do you not judge them that are within? Colossians 4, 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. 1 Thessalonians 4.12, walk honestly toward them that are without. 1 Timothy 3 talks about having a good report of them that are without. Who is that? Them that are without. That's outside the family of God. That's outside the church. And them that are within, that is the family. Now God has so loved the world. That's them that are without. That he sent his only begotten son. Salvation is made available. But the new commandment specifically. Is for you to love who? One another. Your brother. Your sister. The family of God. And this is what he said by this. By how we love each other. In the family of God. This is how all men. That's them that are without. Will know. That we are real disciples of His. And that He's real. God's always intended this to be this way. You know, people have reduced the Great Commission to humanitarian projects. Did you hear me? Making no distinction between them that are within and them that are without. But if them that are without have all the benefits of them that are within, why should they need to get in? Oh, this is going over big, isn't it? God always intended, even from in the old covenant with his people Israel, he intended that they be so kept, so blessed, so prospered, that outside nations would want to be like them and come in and join. And how much more in the greater covenant, hallelujah, in the new covenant, should people look at us, how we love each other, how we take care of each other, how we treat each other. How much joy we all got. How much peace we got. How healed our babies and children are. Come on. How prosperous and happy and full of joy we are. And say, man, I got to get to church. I got to join that bunch. I got to become a part of it. Look how they take care of each other. You watch the devil try to duplicate this. This is the big pull, like for inner city youth and children, to join gangs. People to get involved in organized crime and this group and that group. And the cell is, we'll be your family. We look out for each other. We've got your back. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. No organized crime group, no gang really has your back. When it comes to push to shove, they will sell you out like that. Are you listening to me? They'll put a bullet in your head. Don't you believe it? It's a lie. 
Some say, well, our group's different. No, it's not. There's only one group that's really like that. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one. Only one real family of God. You can't love like that unless you've been born again. Unless you've got the love of God put inside you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why the devil tries to mimic it and mock it and duplicate it. But he can't. It's all lies. It's all junk. And so people are disappointed again. They join that and do crazy, stupid, and evil stuff to be a part. And then they realize it's not really there. They'll sell you out too. Oh, but friend, when you have found the family of God, I'm talking about the real deal. You never have to look anywhere else again for the rest of your life. There's people that's got your back for eternity. What's the commandment? Help me out. What's the commandment? Love each other. That's your brothers. That's your sisters. How? Just like I have loved you. How has he loved us? How has he done this? Number one about this love is a selfless love. Totally selfless. 1 Corinthians 13 says this love seeks not her own. Doesn't seek its own. This love, we already talked about this and touched on this. Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more I love you, the less seems like you love me. Now see, you don't find this love in the world. This love will love you and spend everything even though you don't love me. You only find this love in God. This love is a selfless love. Jesus was willing to. He's washing their feet. He's getting ready to give his spotless spirit, his soul, his mind, his body, lay it all on the altar, be mocked, spit on, scourged, crucified, become sin with our sin. There was no length he wouldn't go to. There was nothing he withheld and wouldn't give. And he loved us and humanity while we were still his enemies. Is it possible for you to love like that? Not in yourself, but since you've been born again, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. And you can, if you will, if you yield to it, you can love your brother, your sister, just like he loves you. This is amazing. This is the gospel. This is as Christian as it gets. This is it. Go to Galatians. How does this love, how did he love us? How does it work? Galatians 5 and the 13th verse. If you want to get more insight on this, get your concordance out. Go through your Bible in the New Testament everywhere it says one another. And you'll get a lot more insight. Let me just read you some of the phrases. The Bible says in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4, forbearing one another in love. Also forgiving one another even as Christ has loved one another. And in verse 13 in Galatians 5, Galatians 5.13, what does it say? He said, You've been called unto liberty. 
Only use not liberty for an occasion to your flesh. Don't use your freedom to be selfish. But by love, do what? Serve one another. And what is this the key to? Is this not the key to joy? Do you want to be joyful beyond what you've ever experienced before? You want to be happier than you've ever been in your life? Then you've got to serve one another. And when you get the flow and then it's right, you become addicted. Now, I didn't make this up. How many know the Bible talks about individuals in the Scripture that had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints? You remember that? It's an addiction. <laughs> Why do people do drugs? Why do people drink? Because it gives them a buzz. Oh, don't look at me like that. Say, sanctimonious. You, some of you drank like a fish and it hadn't been that long ago. Come on. Addiction. Why do people do the drugs? Why? It gives them a high. It gives them a buzz. Even if it affects them bad in some other ways, why they keep going back to it? To get that buzz. To get that high. Well, friend, there is something that surpasses all of that as much as light is darkness. And it's the love of God. When you genuinely let the Spirit of God use you and you yield to the love and He uses you to meet somebody's need, help their dream come true, help their prayer get answered, it gives you a high. It gives you a peace. It gives you something. And if you get to doing it right, you won't want to go very long and you'll say, man, I got to get my fix. I got to get my fix. Who, who can I bless? Who can God use me to help? You become addicted. And it's a good addiction. It's a good addiction. There are no adverse side effects. There's no downside. This is why we're believing so much for prosperity. This is why we preach so much on healing and all these things. Why? Because that, the supply, the prosperity, the healing, the gifts of the Spirit meets people's needs. Meets people's needs. It is the love of God in action. It is the love of God manifested in the earth. And how many know when you are experiencing the love of God, Jesus is revealing himself to you. You are seeing him. He is being real to you. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. He said in verse 13, he said, don't yield to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he describes the flesh and manifestations of the flesh and desires of the flesh. And he describes the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And how many understand he's talking about the same person yielding to the flesh or yielding to the Spirit? Do you have flesh? Can you yield to it anytime you choose to? No matter how many wonderful things you've done in the Lord, can you get up tomorrow and decide to yield to the flesh? Or can you decide to yield to the Spirit? It's your choice. Keep reading. Notice a recurrence here. The works of the flesh, he said, are manifest. Adultery. How many know you can't commit adultery thinking about the other person? If you loved, let's say as a man, 
If I loved that woman's husband enough, I couldn't commit adultery with his wife. Because of what it'll do to him, what I know it'll do to him, and his kids, and his grandkids, and what it'll do to her. You have to be selfish, don't you? To just grab what you want, what your flesh wants, no matter what it costs somebody else, you have to be selfish. Adultery, somebody say selfish. Selfish. Fornication, say selfish. Selfish. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings. Murders. How many know of, no way you could murder somebody and be unselfish? Drunkenness. Now just think about that. See, it gets to a point where people, alcohol is destroying their families' lives and their kids, and they know it, and the love of God would not allow you to do that. The love of God, the love of Christ constrains you, doesn't the scripture say? Gives you control. And he goes on to say, but now look at the fruit of the Spirit. What does it start with? Love. What? Love. love. And what about joy? How does that affect other people? Does that bless other people? Yeah. When you're full of joy, is that love manifested toward them? And peace and long-suffering, is that a manifestation of love? When you bear long with people and you're long-suffering? Gentleness. Instead of being cruel and hard, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Can you see love in all that? And is it your choice and mine which one we yield to any day of the week, any night of the week? We can yield to the flesh, be selfish, or we can yield to the Spirit and let that love that's been shed abroad in our hearts get out and manifest us. And now, I mean, you might get a temporary buzz off of that drug, off of that alcohol, or off of that sex, or off of stealing that, or lying that, and getting what you want, but afterwards it's death. It's very temporary, it's very brief, and then there's death. But how many know there is something that will give you a high, that there's no evil and there's no bad in, and will bless you? There is something that will give you joy, joy, unspeakable, and full of glory, and that's the love of God manifested through you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, say it out loud, Lord, make me a blessing. Say it again. Make me a blessing, Lord. Use me to bless others. Love others through me. Help others through me. Manifest your love through me in Jesus' name. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.